Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager at Swanger News. I think I'm doing my Long Beach State tour. I've been on the campus more here, Andy, uh, in the, probably the last, should I say, two or three weeks than I have probably all last year, besides maybe going to a couple basketball <laughs> games. But it's great to be in your office. Fonger, where else would you want to be than here at Long Beach State? We are with Andy Fee, four years as athletic director at Long Beach, two national championships already. The season, we just saw each other. Thank you very much for taking care of my son and I, uh, watching the number two UCLA Bruins. They're legit offensively. Uh, but I'm very excited for Coach Munson's teams this year because there's the experienced guard play. They're quick, they're fast, they can shoot. And I think they're going to surprise people in the Big West. For sure. I think... And that's what I've been telling people, but I'm the eternal optimist, Fonger, you know that. (laughs) But I've been telling people that we're going to sneak up on a lot of teams this year who aren't looking uh, at Long Beach State. uh, But the play that you just talked about, the guard play, the experience, interchangeable uh, in terms of lineups, what you can do, I think it's going to present a lot of challenges for people. Absolutely. As athletic director of Long Beach State, I mean, last time you were on the podcast was March 2020, pandemic, going through the phone. A lot has changed. You've gone, you've led Long Beach through some tough times during this pandemic. What keeps you up at night? Taking care of people. I mean, through the pandemic, it was literally, are people going to get sick? And at the time, I think, at least for me, you just didn't know. You didn't know what the, are there going to be long-term effects uh, if people got sick? Uh, You just were... I think nervous, at least I was nervous. Um, And then we kind of rebooted. So, you know, there's that period from March 2020 to fall of 20. And then we rebooted with basketball and we got basketball up and running. But we were essentially shut down otherwise. And then it's managing people and expectations and mental health. Uh, Athletes want to compete. They want to they want to play. They want to practice. They want to work out. And uh keeping people focused on i think what you know at least i try to find what's important is staying healthy staying in a good place focusing on their academics that was probably the biggest challenge was getting people through a time that's never happened obviously it's a global pandemic but it's never happened in college athletics where people have shut down right literally across the board so i think the biggest challenge is is managing expectations of of your people so to speak there were sports that didn't even get played. I mean, it had been tough. We'll go women's volleyball. It's playing all around the nation. The Big West wasn't even playing. So I guess that's where the emotional health, the mental health comes into play. And you must have just been frustrated along with your coaches. Well, you're helpless because there's nothing you can do. It's not like it's, well, I'll go fundraise some money and we'll get that that funding so we can do uh, something. This was completely out of our hands. And I think, um, to your point, it's tough watching other programs across the country compete. And as a student athlete, you're going, well, why not us? Why not us? And then as an athletic director, there's nothing you can do. And that's that it, it hurt because you see the pain, you see the frustration and there's no magic. There's no, uh, there's no medicine that you can give for that. So getting through those fall sports, not competing, is probably again, the, the biggest hurdle we had to overcome. Now we have fans back in the pyramid. That has to be a big game changer. I mean, even being at Poly Pavilion, 
right? And having the students and the fans, that changes everything. It was so weird playing sports without fans. Uh, going back to March of 20, literally uh, the Big West tournament, and I think it was March 10th, I want to say, and on the women's side, uh, it rotates around the opening rounds on, on three campuses, and we were hosting it. So the opening round games, uh, we got a call at like noon from the Big West that said, no fans. And we're like, okay, well, doors open in like four <laughs> hours. Like, how's this going to go over with people who have tickets that want to come to the game? But at that point, we were still going to play the games. And I went, okay, like, we'll, we'll find our way through this. So that night, we, we get through some, some people who are upset. But we get to the games, and I'm standing on the baseline looking around the pyramid. There's nobody in there. And yet, there's warm-up music playing. The teams are running around. And I'm thinking to myself, how weird is this introductions i'm like who are we introducing people to there's nobody here you it's know like practice right, right right it was a, it was it was a fancy practice and you know during the game you know some big points are made and plays are made and there's no fans cheering so it was really odd playing without fans so to finally get fans back our student athletes i can't tell you how excited they are absolutely growing up did you even have in your mind that you want to be an athletic director or what you're doing today? Never, never in a million years. And I even laugh now. I get, uh, you know, graduates who've just graduated come in and, you know, hey, Andy, I want to be an athletic director. Can you tell me about, you know, the process and the journey? And I laugh because I wasn't even sure I was going to work in college athletics when I when I graduated. I, I I really didn't know. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll go to grad school, law school. I had some ideas academically what I what I wanted to do. Did I want to teach? And uh, a job at Arizona State where I had gone to school had opened up, and and timing worked out, and I got I got a job. And I've never looked back. But even even as I began my journey, to me, the athletic director was was a cool thing. But it was like so far away. I never imagined that it would be where I am today. You started at ASU, right? I graduated That's ASU right, yeah. from Southern California, yeah. and then I think some other stops that you went to, uh, coming up to before Jane hired you was at University of San Diego, and then at UC Santa Barbara. Obviously, my podcast is called the Student Manager, and we'll get into that why it's called the Student Manager, and then the goal is really to help high school students and parents with the college search admission process, rather than hearing you know, the counselors or the regional counselors speak so highly of these schools. We want real raw stories, experiences from students, someone like yourself that's involved, that maybe has some experience at different other schools to share uh, their stories. And I do have audiences and followers that want to go to Santa Barbara, which is so hard to get into yeah. these days. Um, University of San Diego, which we love the Toreros. And then obviously the Arizona schools. So let's start with Santa Barbara, right? The, your most recent stop uh, before you came to Long Beach. And then we'll, we'll get in the cell Long Beach. Santa Barbara, what did you like? What did you not like? Well, it's a beautiful campus, obviously. It's right there on the cliffs overlooking uh, the ocean. Uh, it's a, it's a, an enclave is what I would describe it as. It is a, a place where... Um, it's so student-centric in terms of the environment. Obviously, as a student, you're on a college campus, but 
all of the surrounding area, literally, I have to imagine that the, the mean age has got to be like 23. It's so young because there's literally 20,000 plus students that live in probably a mile radius of the campus. And then the, the rest, you know, a couple more thousand live just, just beyond that. Right. So it is unique because um, it is a young person's campus is the best way I would describe it. And uh, obviously the academics are fantastic. Uh, but what was kind of a change for me growing up in Orange County was I'm, I guess I would, I'm used to the metropolis kind of big city. You know, there's a target on every corner. And uh, when I was in Santa Barbara, I guess it's been four years since I've been there, but there was not a target there. Um, the, the nearest target was either Ventura or uh, <laughs> up in north. The car. Yeah, up north. Um, there was a Costco, but it was kind of weird because no chain stores really. So my wife, who loves Target, was going, Andy, what is the deal here? I got to drive down the Ventura from Santa Barbara just to go to Target. So, I mean, you got you got to think about um, not just the academics, um, which is super important, obviously, but just what is it like to live there? So for me, it was a little adjustment. I loved it there, but it was very different than growing up in Southern Orange County. Well, you have Goleta, right? Ivy, and then Giovanni's Pizza, right? Right. right. What some of the favorite oh, spots? Free Birds. I mean, if you if you like burritos, it's tough to go wrong with Free Birds. Uh, the Quesarito is was my go to. Uh, meal there, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really fun, fun uh, little community for students. If you want that kind of blend of a medium-sized school, but a really small feel, that's a great campus to go to because it has a little bit of both. You don't, you don't feel isolated necessarily, but at the same time, you don't feel overwhelmed by being in a big city. And I don't know if it was still big back then, because uh, when I was at Long Beach, a lot of my friends that went there, Halloween. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. It was, I mean, they shut down the streets. There was, Andy, I won't mention any names, but I was a freshman. I couldn't go on some of the road trips. It was, the senior manager went, right? One of the coach says, Michael, we're going we're gonna to leave you the car. You can do what you want to do. One of the players and I, we drove up to Santa Barbara for that weekend Halloween. We didn't tell anybody. I go, dude, this is so illegal. Back then, like it, yeah. it, but we went up there and, and we had so much fun. That's Halloween weekend. I don't know if it's changed. It has actually. <laughs> they uh, they have curtailed it quite a bit. Um, it still uh, goes on. But when I first got there, that was something that I had to kind of become aware of. I didn't, you know, you always had heard stories. I had never come as a college student, but I was just blown away by. 30,000 young people invading Isla Vista and streets are shut down. I mean, it is just one big block party, 20, 20 blocks by 20 blocks wide, huge party. And um, one of the more unique things, I mean, as you said, I, you'd hear stories about students from the Bay Area coming down just for Halloween. Right. And uh, it was a huge draw. It still goes on, but not to the magnitude that you or maybe even I remember. Correct. And for those that are listening, Santa Barbara is a hard institution to get into nowadays. I mean, just California schools are not accepting a lot of California students. 
I laughed because my daughter, who's at Washington, I actually challenged her. I said, I bet you, you can't even get into Long Beach State now. I mean, I don't think, Andy, seriously, unless I was a student manager, like hopefully someone helping me get in, <laughs> I don't think I can get into Long Beach today. It is hard academically here. It's it's crazy hard. And to your point, when, when I graduated in 1992 from high school, um, I remember Santa Barbara, which is UC school, but it was more rolling admissions. If you were UC eligible, you you probably were going to get in. And today at Santa Barbara, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I mean, 4.0 plus not getting in um, here at Long Beach State. Uh, you know, same same scenario. There's right. just so many students for so many almost limited spots. Uh, Long Beach State is the third most applied to school in the state of California, the eighth most applied to school in the United States, with well over 100,000 applicants a year now uh, for maybe 9,000 spots. So it's a numbers game. And uh, to your point, I'm not sure I could get into college anywhere back in the day now. Yeah, it's so funny. Munson and I were talking about that on on our last episode. We're talking back in the day, back in the day. It is hard. And I think you see so many California students now why they venture out to the Texas schools, the SEC schools, or uh, University of Washington, University of Wisconsin, because if you, let's face it, after Cal and UCLA, you have 100 applicants for only like 8,000 spots, and then you have Long Beach State coming in, and you still have the president, it's the president scholar right. uh, program out here, which kind of started after I graduated, but that's a phenomenal program too at Long Beach State. Uh, it, it, people are turning down if they can't afford it, resources to the big Stanford's and the Ivy League schools to come here for the honorees program because it treats you like that top-notch student. Correct. You can you can come to Long Beach State and feel feel special, and um, the university has continued to pour resources into that program to attract the best and the brightest, and that's what every college is trying to do these days. Everybody. Um, if you're a president or a chancellor, is is fighting for those the cream of the crop, and so, yeah, as a as a student graduating high school, it's important to look for those programs out there because you may not be aware out of the gate of what a, a university might offer you, and so as as you know, Fonger, it's all about the research, it's all about the networking and talking to the right people because. There might be an opportunity that you never dreamed of, and uh, you might be able to grab it and run with it. How many students do they allow in that program? I think a year, four hundred. It's about four hundred, I'd say, maybe a little bit more now, but uh, I think on an average year, it's about four hundred. And the President Scholars Program, you, you, you're in your own dorm as well, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah, you're kind of. It's an honors college kind of environment, and um, it's, you know, the students I talk to that are part of it love it. Um, they feel they're getting a great education with great resources and great institutional support. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Do you have any student athletes in that program? We have a few. We have a few. It's super competitive yeah. uh, to, to, to get into that. <laughs> but uh, we have a few student athletes who, who are uh, in that program. And, and again, it's a challenge. It's all about managing your your calendar and your day and your time, but uh, it's it's wonderful to see those student athletes flourish. It, you know, leading into the student athletes, you're doing a great job with the GSR graduation rate. I think when you took over, it was around it went from 87 percent. It's up to 91 percent. 
Yeah, and I think it's going to jump up to 92. It gets tougher and tougher to get that number <laughs> up once you get into the 90s. But that's something, uh, the cliche that I like to use is it takes a village. And so it takes faculty, staff, our president, President Conley, our coaches, obviously the student-athletes who put in the countless hours. But that is something that, that we're extremely proud of because we want to uh, compete for championships on the field of competition and championships in the classroom. And we feel that it's not mutually exclusive to do that here at Long Beach State. And I believe in the Big West, you're leading with the GPA of 3.25. Correct. Now, I, here's a question because I always love to talk to parents about this too. I said, you know, when I was our student manager, Greenberg always pulled my GPA in <laughs> and threw it into the team. I, I, I and I, I mean, I was on half scholarship. Andy, you're laughing, but they're like, Fong, we need your GPA. I'm like, absolutely. Let's get that basketball GPA up. Love it. Love it. Hey, sometimes you got to get creative, right? Right, right. The meaning, I mean, the student manager, uh, that's, I love the name that I have for this podcast. And, and I've been on over 125 campuses. We were just talking about that. It, to this day, I will still go walk on a campus when I visit my daughters. I don't care how many times I've been on it because it just makes you feel young and you're just walking around and, and and just having a great time just being on that campus that energy and the atmosphere uh, uh being a student manager right and, and what we do but when you're on this campus what are some places where you like to go on this campus when you're not in a athletic event or a coach's meeting or meeting with the donor fundraising just to walk around what do you like to do on this campus well, we're on the north north end of campus here uh, next to the pyramid. So what I like to do is usually walk south through campus towards what we call upper campus as you as you walk up the stairs onto campus. And it's really beautiful. The one thing that I think surprises people sometimes is how beautiful this campus really is and how 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 many resources go into keeping it look beautiful it's a very park like setting tons of trees open grass areas and for me i like to just walk walk north and walk up and in those quiet areas maybe just sit down for a second and you know smell the roses take take it all in um we have a a great student union here uh so if you're hungry you want a coffee you want something like that Tons of choices uh, in there. They got a bowling alley in there. I must admit, I've never bowled. No, wait. Actually, we actually did a staff bowling afternoon in there. We did that. This guy got to think of stuff because you know this COVID like time frame. Right. Uh, it feels like it was a lifetime ago, but we did a bowling event in there, which was a lot of fun. Kind of a rock and bowl thing, and uh, you know, there's just so many things, as you said. There's so much energy and buzz on college campuses that. To me, it's just that's the best part of, of working at a place like this is the energy. You feel it every day, all day, every day. At walking up, what's funny because this is North Campus and you think going up is North, but it's really South. Running up the stairs or walking up the stairs, the Macintosh building, which we call, do they, we call it the toaster building. I, you still hear that from people who okay. came here a long time. They <laughs> I will, call it yes, the toaster building. How it, yes, how it looks, right? right? And that open area where the grass is, I always call it the FAs, the fine arts. I'm like, oh, I'm going to meet my wife in the fine arts area because there's just some different people out there, oh, yeah. right? And then you walk, it, the, the nugget's still around. Oh, yeah. And I think when we were there, that's when they started first serving alcohol. Yeah. So, and they still, they, yes, that's they, they correct. still yeah. do that. And, yep. but they don't have the live music 
Sublime, right? Right. Back in the Sublime day, Sublime used to play on Thursday nights there, Andy. Crazy. There's stories that that I hear from folks, uh, alums like yourself or <laughs> staff members who've been here. They talk about all that. And yes. I'm a huge Sublime fan, so I'm like, man, like, can we go back in time somehow, and I could be there. Uh, but it's just, again, a lively campus that has a lot going on here. There's, there's something for everybody at a campus like this. Uh, it's a large campus, but I think there's a good blend of diversity here. So whether you're into music or sports, uh, whatever scene it is, there's going to be something here for you. And as you said, um, you can walk around this campus as a student and you're going to run into somebody who has a lot of like-minded uh, right. values and interests. And I think some of the great uh, it majors, I mean, for a graduate, sports management's huge oh, yeah. here. Kinesiology is still big, correct? Psychology. Yeah. I was a speech comm major and I, I think I, I tell someone, whatever you... Gr- major in unless you're going to be a doctor or an attorney just get your degree start something finish something and at the end of the day it's all about networking correct i people to your point people ask me andy what's your academic background now i'm a little bit older and there weren't as many sport management programs back then but um you know i'm a poli sci uh, major with a, a minor in in history and then a master's in education and people look at me sideways sometimes and go well that you know, whether they think I should have an MBA or the sports management degree, well, you know, times are a little different. But I always say, you know, you're going to learn. The part, of, part of college is getting through it and proving that you can finish something. And so I always tell a lot of students who ask me, I say exactly the same thing where unless you're going to get into the super sciences, as I call them, mm-hmm. getting your degree and building your network are the two most important things you can do to launch your your career, your journey post-grad. And, um, you know, you're going to learn so much um, from your educational standpoint. But for most of us, myself included, when you enter the workforce, you're going to be taught things. So it's not as though there's a class on, you know, submitting your TPS report. You're going to you're going to be taught that, you know, by by your by your new boss. It's more getting your foot in the door to me that's the most important thing because that's usually the toughest thing so let me ask you this because this wasn't even around right we were in trailers our (laughs) athletic director was Corey johnson right i remember walking into his office a couple times and if i had to do it all over again i'd probably because i tell students this and i tell parents this of student athletes i said Go meet your freaking athletic director. Go meet the business development people. These are people that are going to help you when you graduate. So with that said, when's the last time that you can recall a student athlete came in here and just sat down and said, hey, Mr. Fee, how you doing? Actually, it happens quite often, but I'm super intentional about telling, I hate to use the term, telling our student athletes, come see me. I'm here to help you. That's my job. My job is to serve you, the student athlete. And I tell them that all the time. Learn the names of the administration. Say hello. These are people that can make phone calls for you, be on your on your references. I have written probably at least in four years, 20 letters of recommendation for student athletes who are either applying to grad school or simply just want a letter of rec for their for their resume file um but i don't see enough of it i say it all the time i i try to to be as open because i was very lucky and had great great folks when when i was in school that were there for me 
but I, I really, I, it's not as large a percentage as you might think. Right. Um, so I keep pushing that because that's what it's all about. And not only student athletes, all right, would you welcome, you would welcome a student in. For sure. I do a lot of interviews with the Daily 49er, our campus paper, and I, I usually um, ask them, unless it's a class conflict, you know, come over to my office and we'll do the interview here just like we're doing. And I've done letters of rec for those students who are not student athletes, but uh, they're in journalism, perhaps. Right. And again, it's it, it's amazing when you see those people who can leverage those relationships into something bigger. And it makes you feel good. I feel great when I can help somebody. So I, I wish I could do it more. And that's why I love trying to connect people, people uh, you know, and knowing what you just said, because my daughter at Wisconsin's not a student athlete now, uh, but she had the opportunity to meet the athletic director uh, last weekend. And I said, did you get a thank you card? She goes, yes. I said, did you get it in the mail? She goes, well, what do I write? I go, well, let me, well, what do you think you write? At the end of the yeah. day, just just get it in front of them. <laughs> right. So I said, it's these little networks, you know, that you're going to meet people and help with a resume or whatever. And, 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 and it's a good start. How is it working for, I've never met her, but I remember um, our president was McRae. Uh, but how is it working for Jane, uh, the president who hired you? I mean, obviously, I'm completely biased. She's the greatest president <laughs> in the history of uh, universities. But uh, but seriously, she is wonderful to work for and with. She is invested in, in our little world of athletics. She cares about athletics. She comes to our events. I like to say she puts her money where her mouth is. She invests in our student athletes. And her background is psychology. So I love talking with President Conley and her husband, who is also a, a psychologist um, and a faculty member here. So they, and they, that's why I think they love athletes. It's that mentality, the uh -huh. growth mindset. Um, so she loves speaking to our student athletes. We've had her come and talk to teams about the psychology side of, of what this is all about. And I'm just really lucky because at the end of the day, and this is something that whether it's the student athletes that come ask me for counsel is who you work for is the most important thing. It's amazing how you just said that, uh, Greenberg, who was just on my podcast, we talk about his transition and working for first, not only do you have to work for a good athletic director, someone that lets you do your job, right? And not micromanage you, but then the relationship with the president and the chancellor. And I never knew that when I was a student, like I would see our coaches and you're going to, here's some other names that you, you would just be amazed of. I saw this guy walking in a gym all the time. He had a suit on tie. And I'm like, who is, who is this guy? <laughs> like a briefcase, you know, business development. Yeah. His name was Dan Radakovich. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And then I kept in touch with him at Georgia Tech. And then he went to Clemson. Now he's like the most powerful man in right. like the NCAA, right? But just that's why when you got the job, I said, I'm going to reach out to Andy. And, and, and a great transition because that family, what can we do to get like former, not only alumni, but student athletes to come back. Cause I think, and I'll just be honest, I just think that's a missing part here. And I don't know, it's not like a, I'll just use like a Duke or a North Carolina or a Kansas, but I think it could be because there's so much tradition here at Long Beach. What I think we need to do a better job of, and I think what happens there, there becomes a disconnect. 
And it's, it's challenging because I think when you graduate as a, as a student, you know, you're thinking, wow, like, what could I ever do for my university? I'm, you know, rubbing two nickels together here and, you know, they want money and what can, what could I do? So there's a little bit of a separation. And I think what we need to do and what we're, we're focusing now as we come out of um, the pandemic is that, that age group, that cohort that's, you know, 22 to 32, because that's where I think we lose a lot of people because eventually they just get their careers going, they become successful, but they're not connected to the university. So trying to draw them back in is challenging. It takes a lot of time because you're trying to reintroduce them because they might know, well, President Smith, and then they're like, I don't know who President Jones is. Who like Who's that? And right. What's that building over there? And I don't, this is foreign to me. So what we're going to try and do is really focus on the connection of, you know, those recent graduates, 22 to 32 years of age, because, you know, if we put in the work there, once they become successful, once they get their, you know, whether it's their families or their lives in gear, it's not as challenging to bring people back because that's where I feel we lose people. Um, they, they just don't have a connection and then trying to get them back is you have to work twice as hard to get them back. So what I think we need to do is keep that connection. Right. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. And it's not about necessarily writing a check back to the university. It's educating them. What's going on in your college? What's going on in athletics? Who is the new Dean? Who's the new president? Who's the new CFO? All these little things, because life is about connections and you never know what connections are out there. Absolutely. And, and I have a lot of relationships with ADs and, and they talk about the, the people that donate at the end of the day, it's that relationship, right? Not when you actually ask and, and, and obviously that's, we'll get into that, but it's feeling comfortable right? And you don't even have to ask. Like, I'm going to ask you, like, and I look on the board and I love this because everyone talks about campaigns and projects and what they're working on. As the AD, Executive Athletic Director of Athletics right now, what's your top priorities? What, what is your vision? Well, we want to build a championship culture. And that's something that we've been very lucky to have here at Long Beach State. So it's not really build. It's building in a new sense because times do change. Challenges create new new worlds. But we want to build that culture on this new NCAA. And we're going to find out a little bit more about that in January at the convention of what the future looks like. But, you know, in a, in a micro world, two, two things that I, that I always think about is mental health and scholarships. Um, the pandemic has created a lot of mental health issues. Um, we see that in our student athletes. So we want to ramp up the resources that we provide our student athletes here at Long Beach State. I know our campus um, is working on the same. And then scholarships, that's something we always want because you need the, I call, you know, student athletes are the, the fuel for the fire. You know, if you don't get the talent, then you're going to have a tough time competing. So we want to make sure that we have the most dollars to offer, whether it's in-state, out-of-state, international, um, because that's really what, what drives this. But, you know, there's so many different things. You know, people always ask me, well, like, what do you do? And uh, I think, Hello? people, yeah, you know, so yeah, a lot uh, as you can sit here looking at my, my whiteboard, which is filled from from top to bottom. Um, you know, there's always projects, there's capital projects. You want to make sure the facilities are the best academic support. Um, you know, I talked about mental health and then just our sports medicine area and, and, and strength and conditioning and, and, and finding and attracting the best talent that's finding the, the best coaches and, and staff to, to train these athletes 
to compete for championships in the classroom and the field of competition. It's it's amazing just just watching the, when when I went to Long Beach, what nineteen forty nine is when it opened. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is a baby. Camp. It's still Long Beach is a baby campus. Yeah. It, these weren't even around, right? Um, you've made some hires. I think you're on your six six hires, yeah. correct? Valenzuela baseball. You hired Joy. Now you're going to have to replace Joy. Yeah. You know I love volleyball. What are we looking for in the volleyball program? Somebody that understands our culture. Um, you know, a lot of times people think, at least the way I look at it, you know, eventually we'll, we'll have finalists for this job, but they can all coach. What you're trying to find, at least what I'm trying to find, is the best fit. Who's going to really fit this campus? Because I always say you could be great at UCLA and you could struggle here at Long Beach State, or you could be great here at Long Beach State and struggle at UCLA because the dynamics are so different. So what I want to find is someone that understands the culture and the tradition, the history, that can recruit those student-athletes. It's a super competitive. Southern California volleyball, obviously, is is one of the hotbeds in, in the country. Uh, but somebody that can really supercharge our program. You know, we want to get back to where we're competing for championships. There's a great legacy here uh, at Long Beach State with Coach Jim Malero and, and others before him who who brought that that mm-hmm. uh, that excitement to the pyramid? So that that's what we're looking for. But but somebody that that can fit in the culture of Long Beach State. Well, and with the men's, you, your first two years, you won two national championships. <laughs> it's funny because that's right. Allen was a player. Yeah. When I was here, and he won. And Joy was a player when she won. So there is that history, there is that tradition, uh, and and just like basketball right is i'm excited i mean the pyramid wasn't even here yeah but andy i love doing this just talking and hearing stories and and looking you're headed in the right direction yeah with long beach and what you're doing with this program as a as as an alum i love staying in touch with you i love what you're doing um with the program and more importantly just the students right because at the end of the day there's only a a small percentage of a student athlete but it's the university where are you proud of saying where you where you graduated from and i hope and i hope you're around for a while and we talked yeah. about this right if 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 uh chancellor comes knocking on the on the door because i'll you know i'm gonna be texting <laughs> you like are you leaving <laughs> <laughs> well i hope i'm here for a long time too i truly love this place this is a destination job for me this is a wonderful community you know that fonger great campus great academics great athletics and you don't get that experience everywhere so i'm i'm extremely fortunate to be here we're with andy fee executive director of athletics he's been kind to join us on another podcast of the student manager it's fonger news out <laughs>